Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, The New Money Podcast, episode 51, from attorney to six-figure money coach with Delia and Barros. How y'all doing, man? Thank you so much for coming and tuning in again. Really quick, if you are using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate if you leave a review below. It can be five stars, four, three, like I don't care. Just (laughs) love if you guys leave a review there. Had the chance to speak with Delianne last week, and we have a great conversation. And honestly, I learned so much from her. Um, you know, money coaching is something I've definitely considered, and uh, you know, growing a business and all these kinds of things uh, is, is something that really intrigues me, and I think is really interesting. If you've ever had any entrepreneurial, um, you know thoughts or you've ever thought about starting a business on the side, I think you'll get a lot of value from this episode. So without further ado, let's just dive on into it. Delianne, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've uh, been following your page for a long time and uh I, I just, I, the other day I, I went onto your, um, your TikTok. I noticed you're just like blowing up over there. How's how's that going? <laughs> yeah. Who knew an app that I was using just because I liked the video editing, <laughs> the yeah. easy video editing. I never thought it was going to take off. I really didn't think that, you know, Gen Zers were going to be into learning about money, but, um, turns out I was really, really wrong and I'm so happy I was. That's a, that's amazing. That's amazing. We'll get into that a little bit. Um, but first let's, let's just chat about you, I guess, kind yeah. of take me through your backstory, um, you know, your upbringing and, and, you know, what made you lean into like personal finance and that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, you know, this is something, if you would have told me, you know, a year ago that I was going to be a money mentor to people and teaching them how to invest, I would have told you you were insane and had you committed. But, um, <laughs> because not only did I always have an aversion to like money, but also math, you know, I was like, I've always been like terrified of math. Um, I had to take AP calculus twice in high school. It was a struggle and I went to law school to avoid math. And now all of a sudden here I am dealing with numbers every single day. But I think what finally, you know, happened is just everything that I saw growing up having to do with money, finally, you know, me seeing it, how it was affecting me later on. And in my elder years, I'm like, listen, I'm making some decisions here that are percolating from somewhere else. And I, I I get really tired of saying I can't, or I don't, you know, I don't know, I can't do this. I'm the kind of person where I'm I'm really frustrated when I hear myself repeating that over and over in my mind. And I found myself constantly saying, I don't get money. I can't do money. And I just decided like, I don't want to be that person anymore, but to just backtrack a little bit, I'm, you know, I'm Brazilian. I was born in Brazil. I'm an immigrant. I moved to the United States when I was eight years old. Um, me and my family moved here. We didn't, we didn't know anyone. We didn't know anybody. We didn't speak English. And, um, you know, just typical immigrant family, hardworking family parents. Um, my dad had a carpet cleaning business. My mother was a housekeeper. Um, our jobs as kids were to stay out of the way and go to school. And that's what we did. And the only two money lessons my parents gave me were, Hey, we're in America, get an education, have good credit done. I'm like, okay, that was literally the only, you know, advice I got. 
and I'm grateful for those two pieces of advice because it's the two things that I did do right. I've always had stellar credit and I ended up going to law school. So I'm like, okay, I, I did those things right. But that's where it ended. Right? That's yeah. where the <laughs> education ended. And growing up, anybody who's grown up, you know, in the Latino household knows this, like these parents don't mess around. They don't have time for like coddling and fluff. And when you go come home and ask for Hey mom, can you pay for this field trip to to do this? Can I go to like, you know, grad night to Orlando? They're like, yeah, no, (laughs) we don't have the money for that. You know, you need to go find a way to hustle and go get a job and then you can pay for those things. We're here to like buy you clothes and keep you fed. Everything else is on you. Um, so, you know, I kind of grew up a little bit with a, a little bit of a hustle mentality, but never did I think that that was going to translate into a business someday, you know, especially because I went this very traditional route from like school to college to law school. Mm. Um, but here we are. <laughs> right. So you, so you go into law school, um, and you, which, which kind of law do you study? Are you a practicing attorney right now? So I did, I was a litigator for seven years. I, um, litigated employment law on behalf of employees. So meaning, you know, uh, people who are being discriminated against in the workplace, uh, wage and hour cases. So maybe you're not being paid overtime or you're not being, you know, paid all of your time, or maybe you're being sexually harassed at work. So I've done all those kind of, um, cases. So I did that. And then I, um, transitioned from litigating to now being an, um, an editor. So I actually write about employment law issues now, and that's my full-time job. I write about law and then I also have my money mentoring business, Deli and the Money Coach. That is amazing. So, <laughs> you know, I guess take me take me to, you said that, you know, you were finding that you were saying I can and I don't know money. Mm-hmm. And, and so what was that sort of pivotal moment for you where you're like, no, like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, like, when was that? Take me through that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just, it was a culmination of many things, but I was frustrated for many years living in New York City. I lived there for 14 years, you know, and I lived a couple of subway stops from Wall Street, like literally, you know, the stock market's right there. And I barely understood what was in my 401k, right, which is like your retirement plan at work. I didn't even understand anything. And I'm thinking, wow, here I am, I'm an attorney living in New York City in the mecca of the financial industry. And I don't know how to create wealth. I don't know how to build wealth other than just to work until the day that I die. Like, I don't understand how it's like everybody else was making it look so easy and I just didn't get it. Right. Cause the only piece of advice I got was, Hey, go buy property. Like that's the American dream. Go buy a home. That's what you do. And if you know anything about New York city, real estate is that it's nearly impossible to buy property there at any kind of reasonable price. And I tried for many years. I tried three different times. It fell through and I was getting super frustrated. And I was like, what the heck am I going to have to work for the rest of my life? Like, this is crazy. And one day I, you know, was like also getting sick of my student loans because we all know how that is. And I had become accustomed to saying, Hey, I'm just going to have these student loans till the day I die. It is what it is. Like the government can wait for my money. And I was like, I got sick of saying that too. And so I just started looking into how do I pay off these loans? And I discovered the debt-free community, which is like this whole community online. I find them. And then I find the FIRE community, which is financial independence, retire early. And I was like, whoa, 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 what is this? And I find out that people, everyday regular people are retiring early just off of their investment portfolios. And that like completely blew my mind that people were doing this, that it wasn't like 
they weren't like day trading or, you know, buying margin or doing anything crazy. They weren't buying crypto or they were just investing in like really boring things like index funds and ETFs. And they were retiring early at like 35, 40, 45. And I was like, yes, I want in. And that was like a moment where it shifted for me and I started my own journey. And then when I start my journey, I have to immediately share it with the people around me. And then my friends and family get sick of hearing it. And then I started doing it online. And then people are like, whoa, this is really interesting. Tell us more. And it started growing and growing and growing. And I was like, wow, there's such a need for this kind of information. Like people just haven't heard this stuff. And that's how the whole business took off. I mean, I never thought it was going to take off as quickly as it did. Right. So, so when, what year was it that your, I guess your debt-free journey slash fire journey started? Like when, when did your sort of financial wellness, I guess, let's call it um, journey, like pick up and then uh, sort of, when did you start um, sharing it online? Yeah, believe it or not, this only happened a year ago. So October, 2019, I decided that I was going to pay off $110,000 in student loans. And I just became debt-free in August. So I paid off all of them. Thank you. And so, which I was five months earlier than I expected. And I started my business in January. Um, and it's, um, yeah. And I'm almost, I'm, you know, close to almost hitting six figures in my first year in my business. So it's like crazy. It just goes to show like how much the need is still out there. Cause I thought, Oh, there's so many people talking about this online. Who, what, what do I need to be another person out there for? But it just goes to show like, um, that your voice is unique, right? And people would come to me and say, I've never heard a woman talk about these things. I've never heard like a Latina talk about these things. Like finally, somebody speaking my language who looks like me, sounds like me, has been through the same things I've been through. And and it's just from being, you know, relatable that people were like willing to listen to the message you know? because it's so often come from like older white men yeah. and people just don't connect with that message. I, you know, crazily enough and um yeah i think it's just it's just a new era for for money which is really exciting it, it definitely is and i find that that relatability aspect is is probably the biggest aspect um with buy-in from you know the younger demographic um the more ethnic communities they need you, you need to see somebody that's you need to see yourself in someone right to to really yeah. you know foster that um belief and and really give you that encouragement so um, you know, you start online, you start your journey, you know, take me through how you began to market yourself, how, like, you know, your content, um, take me through the struggles. Like, you know, it's, it's, a you know, Instagram and TikTok and all these different things, yeah. a little overwhelming at first, like kind of, kind of walk me through how you, uh, progressed. Yeah. I mean, luckily I had a bit of an audience already on Instagram because I, I was, I used to have a fitness page. I used to be a spinning, a fitness a spinning instructor too. Like oh. I don't have enough to do with my time. So <laughs> my, um, my page was very fitness related. And so I had a little bit of a following there. I had about like 15, 16,000 followers and, um, you know, I never monetized it or anything. It was literally just for fun. And then one day I was like, Hey guys, I'm not going to talk about fitness anymore. I have this new obsession. It's money. If you guys want to keep following cool, if you want to leave totally cool too. And people were like, Oh no, this is interesting. We're going to stick around. <laughs> so, um, so that, um, so my audience mostly stayed. 
Um, I did lose a bunch of people, which was totally fine and understandable. But then I also decided to, you know, jump on TikTok. I was listening to a Gary Vee episode as one does when they are becoming a new entrepreneur. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, Gary Vee said, get on TikTok. And I'm like, let me try this thing. I never, I'm never an early adopter to anything. I was late to Facebook. I was late to Instagram. I'm late to everything. And I'm like, this time I'm going to be the early one. And I'm still, I still think I'm late to TikTok, but still it was before covid right and i think after covid everybody got on on tiktok but i got on like february early february and now it's like literally in eight months zero to 126,000 followers which is crazy to me like the growth there is so crazy and then of course people will follow you off of tiktok and come follow you on instagram so it's grown my instagram as well but um but yeah i mean launching the business you know, is, was hard work. Of course, I've, I've worked harder on this business than any other business than anything, honestly, since law school, I don't think I've ever worked this hard. Mm -hmm. And, but it's something that I'm like, so passionate about that. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. And, but yeah, the beginning was rough. You know, you have to establish credibility, even though like this audience kind of knew me, they didn't know me in this way. And so establishing credibility and, and showing them that, you know, what you're talking about and, it was, it was a struggle. My first product that I offered was like $50. And I'm like, does anybody want to work with me? $50 going once, going twice. It was like crickets. I got one sale and I was so grateful for it. Um, and it was, you know, it, it grew after that. It's, it also with my, as my confidence grew, the sales grew, the customers came, you know, people came and yeah, I had a launch two weeks ago and I, you know, it's my, my digital course and I have 60 people now signed up to my course. It was a super successful launch and yeah, I'm really excited about like expanding it and seeing where it goes. That's incredible. So, I I mean, I have a million questions. I I say that every time when I interview someone, I I swear. Um, So, you know, first I'll I'll ask uh, about like TikTok and stuff like that. And then talk more about the business so with tiktok um how did how, like what happened like how did do you just post yeah like five million times a day or did you just post every no. day or how I, when was that first viral video that kind of like set it off yeah i have to say the first viral video which i didn't even expect it to be it's always that way right it's always like the video that you shoot in like three minutes and you're not even thinking about it. And then the video that you spend an hour curating is like the one that dies. Um, but yeah, this video was, was I was dog sitting for a friend. And so her dog and my dog look exactly alike. And I was giving them chicken. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of like the workplace. Like, you know, men and women working side by side. And I was giving a bigger chunk to the other dog than my dog. And I was like, yeah, this is like men getting paid more than women. And so the idea came to me. And before you know it, I posted a video comparing them to like male and female employees in the workplace and talking about the the gender wage gap, which didn't realize that many people didn't don't believe that the gender wage gap exists that was that was shocking to me because as an employment attorney i work with the stuff every day mm. so the, the fact there's a gender wage gap is like just a given in my field in my world right and then i post this tiktok and all of a sudden people are like the gender wage gap is a myth and, and so because it was very controversial and polarizing which i didn't realize was going to be 
it took off and it, it got viral. And then, um, so that helped to, to grow my following. Um, and then, you know, I started posting more things about money, like how to, um, one of the videos that I posted was like, Oh, how to um, reach a million. Right. Which always, always kind of like ca- a little catchy topic yeah. and people are like, Oh yeah, a million. What's that all about? And then you put in, I, I would say, Oh, you invest $200 a month for 40 years. You're going to hit a million by the time you're, you're, you know, in 40 years. And people are like 40 years. Oh my God. Da, da, that's such a long time. And then $200 a month. I wish I had $200 a month. And it's like, anything that's going to generate conversation is going to lead to like engagement. And so I, you know, didn't realize that these topics were going to be controversial, but now that I'm eight months in, I realize how controversial money is because it's very, very emotional for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just naturally a topic that I think is going to lead to like viral content. Absolutely. And, um, Honestly, I watched a ton of your TikToks. When I saw a page, <laughs> I just like went to the bot. I just ripped through like so many. And um, uh, it's part of the reason I was literally watching. I was like, man, I got to get her on the show. So thank you for coming oh, on. Thank um, you. And, uh, and I saw some of the comments. And you know what? I noticed. So I just started posting on TikTok. I don't know. Just to give it a try. And I think yeah. um, it's been going well. Like just it's kind of crazy how some stuff, you know, rolls in. And yeah. People are not very nice on TikTok compared to Instagram. Mm, like they're they very, and I think the reason, I mean, you know, let, let me know what your experiences are. Yeah. With but I think with Instagram, you're kind of, you have your following and, you, and you're pushing to like-minded people because yes. you're a personal finance page. You're talking to personal finance people um, and, and people who follow those hashtags that are related to you. So they're naturally going to like agree more, be, be more agreeable with TikTok. Yeah. I feel like you're talking to the world and this is just like mm-hmm. what the general population says. So my, my the, I had one TikTok, the most I've ever gotten was like, I think it was like 8,000 views. And there's just some like hatred, like, damn, mm-hmm. bro. Like, what? What did, what's up right? you wake up today like what's going on so and i saw that on yours as well and so oh yeah i mean how how, how was that like just kind of feeling? yeah i mean thank god i'm you know the age that i am i'm you know i'm 37 years old like it's gonna take a lot to shake me at this age <laughs> I've, I've seen some things you know i'm like i grew up you know I, grew, I lived in new york city for 14 years it's gonna take a more than like an online troll to shake me but i can see how you know, if you're younger and more, um, you know, uh, you know, perceptible to these things, like it can, it can be brutal. Like TikTok is brutal. And what I realized though, like nine times out of 10, when I'm being trolled by somebody, it's usually like a little kid. So I have to stop myself. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is a kid that I'm arguing with. Like sometimes you can't tell from the usernames or the, the photos, but sometimes I can. And I was like, Oh my God, like, let me pull, let me pull it back, pull it back. <laughs> like, you know, they're there for their own entertainment value too. Um, but sometimes, yeah, it is adults. Um, I definitely get a lot of comments from men. Um, a lot of comments from men who come after me saying like, I don't know what I'm talking about and everything. And I, and I'm, I makes me wonder, would you have said the same thing? If I was a man, would you have come at me that way? Um, who knows? But I take it all with a grain of salt because I have to say it's helped to ex- explode my business so much and like I said, a lot of people follow me off of TikTok onto Instagram. And so those that follow me off of Instagram, those that join like my email list and become my customers are so, so grateful for my service. And like, they all rave about like what you just said, you know, they rave about my TikTok. They're, they never knew they were going to learn about money on TikTok. They weren't expecting it. 
And that's what I focus on. I'm like, let me focus on the positive and how I'm helping people. And, you know, every once in a while I get a comment like, Hey, I just paid down my debt because of you. Like, because, you know, just based on my free content, like people are changing their lives. So I focus on that and I try not to focus on the negative, you know, and that's, that's a message that is not going to change no matter what the the medium is, right? Whatever comes after TikTok, we're going to have the same issues. It's just, that's just part of social media. Absolutely. And that, that's a great perspective to have. And, um, you know, you really do want to focus, you know, I always say, um, you know, I want to prove the people that believe in me, right. Versus proving the people that don't believe in mm. me wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's, it's a subtle yeah. flip on it, but I, I, I honestly, that's, that's how I like to lead. And, um, it's, it's, it's crazy. So with your TikTok blowing up, how did that lead to conversion with your business? And, um, were you doing like one-on-one coaching and then you transitioned into, uh, having, having that course you mentioned, or, or do you do both mm-hmm. or kind of, kind of walk me through your model there? Yeah. So I started with one-on-one coaching because I think it's so, so important to know your, your customer. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, I know it's tempting to like launch a digital product right away and be like passive income. I get it. But you, if you don't know your audience, if you really haven't t- taken somebody through a transformation, I think you're doing them a disservice and yourself a disservice, right? Because it's not right. Like if you haven't given somebody a transformation, if you don't know that your system is proven, then what exactly are you selling? Right. It's, I don't think that's right. So I coached, you know, a lot of clients one-on-one and I did it for very little money in the beginning, really to, they were doing me more of a service than, than me. me. I mean, I like to think I was doing them a service too, right? I think it went both ways. So I, I, and some of my customers that I've had from the beginning, my coaching customers still come back to this day, repurchase my products, level up um, their coaching with me. Um, they've continued their relationships with me. So it just goes to show that like that bond is like really strong because um, like I said, money is something that's really, really sensitive. And so it's really, really important that you establish that one-on-one relationship in the beginning, learn your audience and really see where the the pain points are, as we say in corporate America. And um, then you can decide, all right, do I have a system here that really leads to transformation that is really helping people? And if so, how can I deliver that, you know, in a bigger, you know, faster way, because there's only so much of me to go around. And it got to a point where I was coaching 15 to 20 people a month, and it was getting insane. And I was like, oh, I was told I was getting burned out, I couldn't do it. I'm like this, you know, so then my sister, who's a business coach, um, and who's became my business coach and walked me through this whole process, helped me launch um, you know, like she was helping me level up my, my business every step of the way. I couldn't have done this in this time frame without her, you know, I mean, I had my first, um, five, you know, 10 K month, five months after launching, that would have never happened without her. So she's a marketing genius. She has her master's in marketing. She also has her own six figure business. So I really tell people all the time, if you want to launch a business, one, learn your customer, um, to get a coach, get a coach, because otherwise you're going to be stumbling in the dark for like two years. That's just the the reality of it. And if you're okay with that, then that's totally fine. But if you do have the means to like invest in a mentor and be coached, you're going to save yourself a year and a half of struggle. And I'm, you know, that's what, that's what helped me. Right. And, And I've heard that a lot in terms of, um, there's no shame in speeding up the process, right? If you, if you have the means to, to sort of um, speed it up and you're, it's not even like you're compromising learning because 
it's just like, Hey, here are the, some of the mistakes that things to look out for. And it just kind of, um, speeds you up along the process. So with starting your business, like, did you have your sister from the beginning or did you kind mm -hmm. of, you know, go through it, figure it out and be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta bring sis into this. Mm. No, I had her from the beginning. Luckily she was, she had been whispering in my ear for like two years, trying to plant the seed of like, you need to start a business. And I always said, no, 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 I'm a W2 employee. I'm going to be a W2 employee till forever. Like this, this entrepreneurship thing is not for me. And so when I had my fitness page, she was like, you should be turning this, you know, your fit, you should be monetizing your fitness page. You should be doing something. You, you give so much, you know, you should turn this into a business. And I was like, oh, I don't know if fitness is going to be the thing. And then it, it turned out it wasn't going to be right because something else was coming along the path and it uh, turned out to be my money coaching business. But yeah, I came to her with the idea and I said, Hey, I'm really, I'm feeling crazy passionate about this. I want to teach people about money. And she was like, okay, well let's, let's go, let's start. But she didn't like, she didn't know anything about money, like herself, like investing or anything. If anything, I was teaching her about investing and she was teaching me about marketing. Right. So we were kind of coaching each other as we went. So, um, you know, she wasn't like writing my copy or helping me with like creating content or really doing anything other than like strategizing the marketing side of it. It's like, Hey, this is how you package your offer. Or this is how, this is the tech that you should be using to like create an email list, you know, things like that. But at the end of the day, like my messaging, how I was going to communicate with my customers, the actual content, the actual knowledge of the investing knowledge and the money knowledge. That was all me, right? That's always been me. Um, but she was helping me with that marketing side of it. Cause I think that's what a lot of people don't realize when you start an online business is you don't just throw a link up on Instagram and say, Hey, swipe up here. And people just go and buy things. Like right. it's not that easy, right? There's a whole psychology to it. There's a whole system to it. Um, and so she was teaching me that system and ironically, her bread and butter is um, Facebook ads. Like she teaches people how to use Facebook ads to leverage their business. I haven't used Facebook ads ever. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, but I haven't. Um, and so I was showing her the organic side of things. So how to grow an audience organically, how I was doing it and how to market things to an organic audience, which is a whole different side of business, right? So there's so many ways that you can go about it. And so we were learning from each other as we went, which is really, really an interesting relationship. Absolutely. And I can imagine just learning from each other like that, you know, as, as sisters is, is probably um, a very interesting and valuable experience. Um, so, you know, and this is more self I'm just curious myself, you know, Organic versus, I guess you call it inorganic or paid um, marketing. Mm -hmm. Do you think because your traffic is, I guess, purely organic, if I'm not mistaken, um, that it's it's richer traffic? Like it's you're going to convert more on that sort of versus the the paid traffic. It's it's not that you're going to convert more because at the end of the day, it's a numbers game, right? Like you need more you need volume depending on what you're selling and how much you're selling it for. Um, so, and it's, I may not be paying money wise for Facebook ads, but I am paying another way. I'm paying with my time, right? Because you're going to have to invest a lot of time when you do organic growth. And I do, I show up for my audience every single day, multiple times a day. I'm on Instagram every single day. I'm, I post minimum twice a day. I post on TikTok multiple times a week I also show up live on TikTok and on Instagram. I have my email newsletter. I have 
you know, so many ways of connecting with my audience. So it's, I am paying in a way, right, right. with my time. So um, it's not, yeah, it's not that it, it converts, it's not that it's a higher conversion. It's just that it's, it's a different time commitment, right? Um, so the numbers are the numbers. And that was something that we had to like learn too. It's like, oh, how is this going to convert? Because you have an organic audience versus like Facebook ads, which is a whole different analysis. So, um, but it's, I think what we both learned is that it's important in a business to do both because yeah. organic can be very exhausting. And so it's, so Facebook ads doesn't mean that you're just like, you know, targeting all this cold traffic and these people that you have no idea who they are. It could just be retargeting the same people that have already looked at your stuff. Because if you, if you know anything about, um, you know, social media, it's one to 2% of your followers are seeing your posts. It's very, very small. So what Facebook ads do is just, it helps to like get your message out to more of your followers. Like these people followed you for a reason and they're not seeing your stuff. And that's why, you know, Instagram has fallen in popularity because people know that and why TikTok has taken off because you get so much more visibility there. Right. Um, so it's, 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 it's a, I never, I learned more about marketing this year than I ever thought I would. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. I, I definitely think like, going at the rate you've been going, like you must've just had so much information come at you. So I guess quickly kind of give it, you know, give us a snapshot, snap, bleh, snapshot of uh, where you are now and, and maybe, you know, where you're trying to take your business and, and what are your future aspirations, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I want to see more people investing. I want to see younger people investing, you know, and not just on Robin hood, not just like opening an account blindly and like buying individual stocks. I want to see people have an investment plan because, and I want people to understand that they don't have to, you know, just, Oh, I'm investing for retirement. What do I care about that? Right. In your twenties, you're not thinking about what your life's going to be like in your sixties. I think people don't realize is that you can retire early. Like I myself am on the path to retire by 45. And like, (laughs) that's something that I never thought was possible. But had I known that in my 20s, I would have been retired already. Like I would have been retired today. But because I'm starting late, I have to make up for lost time. So when I'm talking to somebody in their 20s, I feel like I travel back in time. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't change my past. But I'm like, but I can change this person's future by just teaching them simple concepts about investing, you know? And so just, I want to get the message out to as many young people as possible. And I also want to get the message out to like Latinos as much as possible, because unfortunately they've been, you know, they've been left behind, like not just Latinos, but like people of color in general, you know, blacks and Latinos have been totally left behind when it comes to investing. And so this, um, wealth gap has grown and grown and grown between like minorities and whites. And I'm like, this doesn't have to be this way if we just educate people more. So I hope to really expand my platform, get the message out. I would love to work with more nonprofits and really get the message out and talk to more, you know, young women too, because women also tend to invest less than uh, men. So all of these like different disparities, you know, um, I would love to just get into, um, these rooms where, where I can make these connections and like help people learn about this. Cause it's really just hearing this message because that's how it happened to me. Once I learned it and once I heard it, I was sold. So, um, I think it's just a matter of expanding the message. So hopefully 
it will turn into a much bigger platform in the next few years. And um, maybe you'll be seeing me on, uh, you know, national TV sometime soon. (laughs) I'd I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, So I guess really quick, super high level. What are are a few quick things um, that young adults could do to to sort of level up their personal finance game? Like what what do you usually say um, are the, the first initial steps? Uh, yeah, no, the first thing, and nobody ever likes this one, but it's to invest in your education, right? You have to invest in your education. It's not just a matter of like downloading an app and like, oh, tell me what app I'm supposed to download. Oh, which one? Usually people are like, oh, which app should I use to invest? And I'm like, that's not the right question, right? The right question is like, how do I educate myself so I can like make the most of my investment journey? And so that is the right question. First, educate yourself, learn what the heck the stock market's all about. What is this investing business all about? What does it mean to you? What is it? How can, how can it affect your life? Right. And then you can start thinking about, okay, how am I going to implement this? Right. So learn about that, learn how to manage your money, you know, cause it's not about just making more money. People think that making more money is the solution to all their problems. Oh, if I just made X amount, I wouldn't have to worry about money, which isn't true. Trust me. I've coached a lot of clients who make six figures and they live paycheck to paycheck. So it's not a matter of making more money. If you don't know how to manage the money that you have, whether it's 30, 40, $50,000 a year, if you get to that hundred, $150,000 level, you're still going to be living paycheck to paycheck because you never learned how to manage your money. So you got to learn how to do that. You got to get your spending in check and, um, yeah, just start saving your money. Don't, don't just live for today. You know, life is, short when you have money, but it's long when you don't, right? It feels really, really long when you're broke. And when you do have money in the bank and things are going well, life feels really short because you're enjoying yourself. You're like feeling secure. You're feeling good. So make sure that, you know, you're in that position today and tomorrow. That's phenomenal advice. And I think, um, I saw this one thing as well. That's, that's in the, on the same sort of lines. It's like, you know, um, becoming, becoming wealthy is hard and, and being broke is hard. You know, you got to fix your heart, right? Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, life's hard regardless. So you might as well, you know, try to make it as good as you can. Right. Yeah. There's like this TikTok of somebody saying like, um, Oh, money doesn't make you happy. And then this guy's like crying on a plane, like on a private jet. Like he's like, if you could be, um, he's like, if you could be miserable and rich, would you pick miserable and rich or poor and happy? And he's like, crying on a, on a private jet and like crying at the St. Bart's, you know, and like in all these fancy places with like fancy clothes. And I was like, obviously it's like, it was a joke. And, but I thought it was funny because I'm like, yeah, it's true. Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does like provide you room to like explore what would make you happy. Because when you're on survival mode all the time, living paycheck to paycheck all the time, it's really hard to like live your best life and be your best self. Right. Um, and it all starts with how you manage your money. hundred percent. And I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I mean, it'd be shocking if I said anything other than that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, last sort of question I have for you, Delian, you know, what's the one thing that sets successful people apart from unsuccessful people with respect to money? What's, what's the sort of one trait um, that you would say is, is, is the biggest to, um, you know, long-term success with money? Um, gratitude. It's going to come down to gratitude. It's always the case, right? If you're not grateful for the things that you do have and you're constantly chasing something, 
um, it's not that you shouldn't have hopes and dreams and like be reaching for more, but we're, you know, our human nature is to reach the summit and then to look for the next one. We are never, it's never enough, right? So if you don't learn how to appreciate the things that you do have, you're constantly going to be chasing the next high. You're never going to be happy. And so you have to learn how to like (laughs) balance those two things, which is kind of crazy because you're like, what? I don't get it. Like how I'm supposed to be grateful and then still reach for the stars. Like how am I supposed to be both? And it is, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a balance and it's kind of an existential crisis that, you know, we all face at some point or another, but it's so, so important that you're grateful for the things that you have. Cause at the end of the day, like that's, what's going to give you the most happiness, right? It's gratitude. Um, and yeah, just, just really learn what that means to you. Like what really truly makes you happy and are you using, you know, something else to fill that void that's taking you further away from happiness, whether it's spending, whether it's food, whether it's whatever, it could be anything, right? Whatever it is, what are you using to numb yourself? That's taking you further and further away from that feeling of gratitude. Really zone in on that. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And, um, I I know Gary V talks a lot about gratitude and, uh, Mm -hmm. I was, I was on another, I was on a show, uh, a friend of mine has a podcast. I was just talking and, and that was one of the traits I said was gratitude. And I think, I think it's with a lot of different traits, it's that dichotomy, you know, with, um, you know, one that I think of sometimes uh, with young adults is, is patience and ambition, mm. right? Like you, you want mm-hmm. to, you know, have it all right now and, and, but you know, you have to be patient. So how do you balance your sort of ambition with, with, you know, being what some would consider complacent, but I think it's, it's patience, right? It's, it's kind of balancing yeah. that. And I think it's, it's, that's the same thing with gratitude um, and, and, in that you need yeah. to be grateful for what you have, but you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting more for yourself and your family and things like that. So Absolutely. yeah. Um, yeah. So, something that I also say is like, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. Right. right. So just be, yeah, just enjoy the moments when you have something and then you can plan for the next thing, but don't try to have it all at the same time. Like that's not how life is supposed to work anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I try to remind myself of that sometimes. I, I I feel like sometimes I get ahead of myself and I'm thinking, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do this, and and <laughs> just for my hey, listen, Nate, like slow it down, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, God willing, yeah. you got your whole life out of you. So there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, Delia, and that's that's really all I have for you today. Thank you so much. You were wonderful to chat with. Uh, I really appreciate you. you coming on the show and and sharing, um, you know, your your about your uh, social media and your business and your experience and everything. So thank you very much for coming on the show. If if really quick, you want to share uh, where the people can find you, we we'd love to hear. Yeah, sure. Well, like Nate said, you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram. It's Delhi and the Money Coach. You guys can come, um, you know, check me out there. Drop me a comment. Shoot me a DM. I'm always. I'm always living on social media. That's really the best way to reach out to me. And if you want to reach out my, if you want to check out my course to learn how to invest, because you all should, um, it's at slaythestockmarket.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and we'll see you later. Thank you so much, Nate. So there you have it, guys. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with Delianne. Again, so many insights, like I took away so much. I literally took notes during uh, the interview because, you know, we talked afterward too about like, you know, creating an email list and, and you know, 
funnels and all these sort of uh, businessy stuff that maybe not all of you guys are totally in love with, but like it was, it was crazy to to learn from her and to see her success in in such a short time. Uh, thank you guys so much again for listening to the interview. Again, I hope you guys. Uh, got something out of it for the next episode we do have a little bit of a psychology series coming your way Uh, i won't get too into it right now but i think you're going to really enjoy it if you enjoy anything about psychology so wait on that but for right now i am out this mother peace